Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Primetime Titans. We have a great episode for you guys today. We talk a little bit about the COVID news out of the Titans camp. Uh, we discuss some of the protocols, and then we get into reviewing the last two preseason games that the Titans have played against the Falcons and the Buccaneers. Talk about some of the players that we've been impressed by, some of the players that we're worried about, and uh, then we make some predictions and discuss the most heated training camp battle in the wide receiver position room. Uh, got a great podcast, like I said, for you guys today. And stay tuned. As we get into the season, we'll be doing a recap of each game and a preview of each game, giving you guys two podcasts a week. Um, so without further ado, please welcome Carrie Underwood. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. Ladies and gentlemen, big moment for the Primetime Titans as this podcast is sponsored by Walker Financial Management. Derek Henry as you guys know, is the best running back in the NFL and the engine of our beloved Titans offense. But he would be the first to tell you it takes consistent support from teammates, coaches, trainers, and advisors for him to be the most successful on and off the field. In the same way, small business owners are the engines of their companies and wear lots of hats. Walker Financial Management exists to support owners of small to medium-sized businesses, specifically in regards to bookkeeping. They offer customizable solutions like transaction categorization, that's a tough word to say, categorization, <laughs> monthly financial statement preparation, accounts receivables, and payable management, payroll, CFO services, and more. If you or someone you know is spending too much time, money, or stress on bookkeeping, find peace of mind by visiting www.walkerfm.com to schedule a free consultation with certified bookkeeping professionals today. That's www.walkerfinancialmanagement.com and make sure you tell them the Primetime Titans sent you. Have a great day. All right, here we go. Episode 11. Um, we're excited to be back. I got, I got something to say. The Titans are the best in the league at something. And we are the best in the league at all getting COVID. COVID has hit the Titans again. If you remember last year, it hit us as well. The whole league made a huge ordeal about it. And now the league is kind of, you know, everyone around media and the league are getting on us again. Uh, Mike Vrabel actually tested positive for COVID. He's been out. Um, Tannehill recently. Uh, we got some other guys too that, you know, they might not necessarily have it, but they're on the reserve list. Our team is 97% vaxxed. So, I mean, I think what John Robinson and the organization is saying is that we're doing well with the vaccination rate and, you know, we're, we're fine for now, but um, COVID serious and it's definitely back again. And it's just a little annoying that it's going to be back this year. Um, and I will just say, I hope everyone that gets it is healthy and Tannehill getting it now, maybe in the worst thing, just in the sense of he is not going to be out for any probably games in the regular season. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so got to watch out for that this year. That might be some topics to discuss. Um, with that, Pettit has a trivia question for us. <clears throat> yeah, so we were talking, and the Colts running back, uh, backup guy, he ended up, I can't remember his name. JG, do you remember his name? Naheem Hines or Marlon Mack uh, or Jonathan Taylor? No, the guy that got fined. The Colts? Oh, I don't remember his name. He's like a nobody. Yeah, essentially a <laughs> practice squad running back was um, he. They, the NFL now is cracking down on taunting this year, and they've kind of started enforcing the rules more in preseason games already. So this Colts running back basically barely flexed at the end of a pretty pretty great run, especially for a backup uh, or a practice squad player, and he got fined $14,000, which is half of his training camp money. And so that kind of led to this trivia question. Which Titans player do you think is on the list for the most fine players of all time? Uh, first thought would be like a... He's number five on the most fine list. Oh, gosh. I gotta guess. Five. I gotta guess. Gordon Finnegan? Guess? Oh, Corlin Finnegan's a really good guess. Oh, no, no, no. I actually, I think I know exactly who it is, but you go, you guess again. Uh... I'm going to, like, someone like a random one, like Nate Washington? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Pac-Man Jones. Nope. Oh, really? Albert Hainsworth. Nope. I'm terrible what? at guessing. I know. Um, uh, is it someone, like, we definitely wouldn't expect? Albert Hainsworth uh, didn't get fined for stomping on a guy's face? Oh, no, he did. He did. Just <laughs> not as bad as this guy? Yeah. Was he, is he a, a guy who just went on the Titans for one year? Yes. Oh. Randy Moss. Nope. Andre, Dude, I, Andre Johnson. Nope. I can't think. I cannot think. Were his fines... I'll tell you it's a defensive player. Okay. Were his fines with the Titans? Yes. Bernard Pollard. No, but that's a, that's a <laughs> throwback. Kyle Vandenbosch. Nope. You guys ready? No. Yes. Give us a few Jason more Jason Baden. Hold on, hold on. Oh. Nope. I was going to say him. <laughs> All right. Was it pre... It was pre-John Robinson, surely. No. Oh. Shoot. Who's someone Jadavian we had? Clowney? Like, nope. Vic Beasley? Vic Beasley. Oh, my gosh. Vic Beasley. Man, I love Vic Beasley. I can't believe he was fined more <laughs> than Albert Ainsworth. He got fined half a million dollars by the Titans for not showing up to training camp. So oh. Basically, we got a little bit of money back. For, Man, wait. Which ended up being number so five on year. the list. For most fine players of all time. So that like one occurrence is that what one caused occurrence it. Was basically well, how much should Hainsworth get fined for stomping on a guy's face? <laughs> hey, it's not Mercy. nearly as much as missing training camp there, Robert. Yeah. Clearly. And the most fine player of all time. <laughs> what about stomping on a guy's face? I, I, asked, get fined? <laughs> I asked Robert and JG this question the other day on who was the most fine player of all time. And they had all kinds of guesses. I thought it was for sure that, Marshawn Lynch. JG was sold on it being a, a wide receiver, yeah, and I then was. he was sold on it being Marshawn Lynch once I told him it was a different position. <laughs> once Dude, he was soul crushed. But. Hainsworth just got suspended for five games. He didn't get fined. Wow. Well, how much were those? Fi- I, I'm guessing the five game checks he didn't get paid. I don't know. But that's not a, that's not a fine. Well, I know. I'm just saying. Like, so that's the, the thing is, Adrian Peterson was the most fine player of all time because he was suspended six games. And, and every paycheck he made in those six games, he had to give as a fine. 
Oh my gosh. So he didn't okay. just lose five paychecks. He had to also give away hey. five paychecks or six paychecks. That is terrible. Double whammy. Yeah. And that was all from the child abuse scandal. It's probably a good thing to get yeah. fined, to, to be finding players for. It's yeah. probably something we want to weed out. Yeah. <laughs> you stay in we the don't league want after that in the league. No, I don't think we want defensive tackles stomping on helmet on on exposed skulls either but you know i Man, guess i remember i guess missing training that. camp is worse than that <laughs> Jeez, louise well so pac-man yeah yeah that's very surprising when you said Corlin, like every name that you said it was like oh yeah definitely wait, i think no um, oh wait dad yeah, probably was him wait no yeah. looking at the fines it was like adrian peterson had been fined over two million dollars and then it was a drop off to number five vic bees it was like five hundred thousand dollars so I think in-game fines are much, much less and also yeah. fewer occurrences than just like a whole, like getting suspended or like things off the field you can get fined for way more. Those things, taunting... Seems like at least. The taunting rules are going to be so annoying this year. I feel like they oh, probably horrible. had a meeting as an organization of referees and said, let's, let's aggressively call this in the preseason and then... Mm, Once point. the season hits, we're not going to actually. I didn't even know you could get fined in the preseason. We were talking about that, and it's yeah. like, that is also news to me. So to kind of really screw over some of these practice squad players trying to make the team. Yeah, maybe the maybe who's the Colts GM Ryan Grigson? No, Chris Ballard. Chris Brack. Who's who's Ryan Grigson? Is that the old GM? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. Some Sounds guy like made dude. up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if I've ever heard that name. Maybe he'll keep that practice squad running back because he feels bad for him. The players all chipped in and paid for that fine. I think. Oh, nice. That That's nice. Hey, good job, Colts. Yeah, but screw off. But Colts. screw you. <laughs> good job, Colts. But screw you. I'm glad a lot of the Colts are fourteen thousand dollars poor. <laughs> <laughs> Can't spend it on the rehab. That's right. They're, they're play- Speaking of the Colts, Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, we discussed in the last episode. They're back. They probably are back, which is hilarious. I want to note one thing before we move on. There was a clip in training camp of Carson Wentz throwing a pick six on an out route, and it was hilarious. That's all I'm going to say. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it to Pettit and Robert and was like, this is what I want to see. But they're... I think their left tackle and their center are on the COVID list. Oh, I think Quinn Nelson's on the COVID list, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like I said, COVID's going to be back. Um, good little trivia question there. I have a, I have a for question that. for you guys. Do you, blame, do you think the Titans are to blame? Like, what, what do you make of the whole COVID situation? Like, this is the second year we've had sort of a small little cluster of an outbreak. Yeah. Do you think the Titans' protocols – are to blame? Do you think it's just the virus is going to be the virus? Nothing you can do to stop it. Do you think Vrabel's doing something wrong? Do you think J. Rob's doing something wrong? What, what? How do you make that? Do you think? Do you think maybe there's just no, nothing we should even do do or discuss? Like, what do you guys think about that? Personally, I think we're in a pandemic. I think protocols are in place to try and help avoid it, but some things are just. You know, you can't. I mean, it's a pandemic. If if we could avoid it 100%, then I think everybody would probably do that. You know what I yeah. mean? It wouldn't be a pandemic. Yeah. Well, it's so. it's one of those things that it's, uh, you know, I would have said that last year. And with it happening again, it's just weird that we're, we're basically like the guinea pig team each time, which is weird. I, I think, I mean, 
the fact that we're 97% vaccinated and some teams can't even say they're in the 90s. So, um, you know, I, I think we're definitely doing as, as best as we can. And it's tough for these players coming back into the system and, and going through this again. I mean, think about during the offseason, they probably were like, sweet, that year's behind us. We're probably not going to have these protocols and guidelines and stuff again. And then they're back, you mm-hmm. know. So it's got to be frustrating and annoying for um, the players and coaches to deal with it. But, I mean, we've got to deal with it. And, um, you know, I hope everyone – is safe from it and there's you know nothing that comes from the games that is really you know tragic from it but um i don't know i think it's definitely like pettit said just a pandemic and we can't really control it but also something's happening i don't know if it's just coincidence or what but we're kind of the guinea pig team with COVID. I have heard that the Titans, I don't, I don't know if it's a permanent thing that they've been doing or just an additional thing in the last few months or few days, but they're testing every player every day, which is not the NFL protocol mandate. Hmm. So I think they're doing additional protocols and procedures right now. And then, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the NFL has now fined 25 players a total of $14,500 each for breaking protocols like not having their mask on over yeah. the nose when they're Oh, and they're ruthless about it, too. Yeah. So, and then I think there's there, there's definitely some room to criticize the protocols right now because, you know, the whole unvaccinated versus vaccinated thing, if you're within five feet of somebody who gets test positive for COVID and you're unvaccinated but you have a mask on, it doesn't matter whether you're sick or test positive or anything like that. You automatically have to quarantine for five days. And Dang. they you wear a, an an basically an ankle bracelet tracking you. And then they go back and all the people who came in within five feet of that person who tested positive, if you're one of those people and you're unvaccinated, then you have to go quarantine. So it's they're you know, they're being pretty vigilant about it, which I think we talked about this on a couple other podcasts. It, it makes sense, right? I mean, they've got a multi-billion-dollar industry they're pr- trying to protect. You know, it's just going to really, really suck if one of our player, our big players, gets COVID on a big game and he has to miss the game. Yeah, it's also sad, kind of, for the players too to go through all that because it is a huge business, but they're a business because of the players, and then the players just have to kind of go through the thick of it, and just it's just so complicated for them. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely very unfortunate for them, and it's unfortunate for everybody. And it seems like it's going to be – it seems like last year a lot of the rules were kind of being tested and kind of figured out, and so the NFL wasn't as strict on it. And now that the NFL thinks they have all the rules down, they're being extremely strict on all of them, and that's when it's like, okay, he's off some of these guys. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're human beings. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's it's – it's just hard to kind of reconcile. I mean, I do know we're in a, in a pandemic and that there's a lot of tragedy, obviously. Um, but these guys are the elite of the elite athletes in the like best in shape of form, anyone. Yeah. And virtually every single one who gets it, they're, they're symptom-free. They're fine. It's, it's hard to justify that to your fans when you see Derrick Henry – potentially get COVID, but he's like, I feel fine. I have no symptoms. 
and I've got to miss the Colts game in week eight, which is a big divisional game. You know, that's like yeah. a hypothetical situation. That's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. We all know if, if Derrick Henry got COVID, it'd be like diagnosed for like one day and the next day they're like, I think, I think Derrick Henry unvaccinated is vaccinated now. <laughs> it's like he stiff armed the COVID. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely present and it's definitely, uh, it's, it's not like it's not going to be a problem this year. So something to look out for as the season goes and anything that happens, we will definitely update y'all. Um, so we're going to get into some things since we last talked, we actually had two preseason games and we won both of them big time. Um, so a few things uh, we're just going to kind of go over. Um, we're not necessarily going to break down each game in depth, but we're kind of just going to talk about, especially now after seeing two games, we're going to talk about some things that stood out to us from those games. Um, and with that, you know, with, with the things that stood out, um, it could apply to, you know, who's making the roster, who's going to be, who's going to get cut, you know, stuff like that. So I want to start out with, an undrafted free agent running back from Iowa named Makai Sargent. And we saw in the Falcons game, Darrington Evans got hurt early. And then Makai Sargent, honestly, he played, he played some in the Falcons game, played a lot in the Bucks game. He looked like he deserves to be on the roster. I don't know about y'all, but that, that boy can play some football. I think he's outplaying Jeremy McNichols. I completely agree. And Brian Hill. Oh, Brian Hill does not look good at all no he doesn't so i'm excited about sergeant and i'll say this too i am i'm officially very nervous about darrington evans i mean this yeah. is this is the second year in a row you know where i'm not going to say he's injury prone but he's been injured a lot <laughs> so <laughs> i'm getting nervous about about if he's going to be a viable option as a second down run or second running back to derrick henry yeah He's a third-round running back from App State last year, hurt most of the year last year, and was thinking he could be a solid backup option. Then, you know, first few runs, gets hurt, hurt, hurt his knee, I think. He looked good against the Bucks, and then all of a sudden Falcons, he, Falcons and he pulls up yeah. in the middle of a run. You're like, oh, there he goes. It's, it's tough. So, Makai Sargent, name to look out for. He is, I mean – well, I guess not to look out for, but might come in and have some, you know, valuable minutes. Um, another thing, quickly. So Tucker McCann, we, we talked about the kicker competition last uh, episode. Tucker McCann looked pretty good against Falcons, uh, made some long kicks, and then he got hurt. So he got hurt. We had to wave him, and it's like, okay, well, Sam Ficken probably won the kicking job, and he actually came in against the Bucks, kicked a forty-eight and fifty-eight yarder. So that's encouraging to hear. Definitely. So, um, and that Tucker was McCann that got stuck out, Tucker stuck McCann got waived earlier. Yeah, he did. This week. He did get waived. So, um, I mean, it looks like we're going with uh, Sam Ficken. And remember, I said make the Ficken field goal. I'm saying it. We're a, a lot this year. But let's let's train train in Ficken camp. Let's <laughs> take a quick moment though, just to to pause for our boy Tucker because he was looking great. He was. I mean, he was hitting all of his field goals. We all thought it's probably Tucker McCann's job, and then he has some bonehead Falcons player run into his knee. I think he was offsides. I think it was like a kind of a dumb penalty on the Falcons. 
I was watching it and uh, ran into his knee, and now he's not going to make the NFL roster because yeah. of uh, a dumb play by probably a guy who's not going to make the Falcons roster. Yeah, pour one out. Although there is one guy on the team that I have been super impressed with, um, kind of a no-name guy. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say this without laughing a little bit, but uh, he's he's been exceptional. I think he's going to do very well this season. Um, Morgan Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I, 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 I couldn't stop laughing. Did you guys see how good those snaps were against the Bucks? They were exceptional. Tight spirals. I think we can officially call ourselves a long snapper appreciation pod. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I not know long I snapper, at least just Morgan And Cox. I don't know how much you guys follow our Twitter account and get into the weeds and see all the likes and retweets. We've got like 100,000 followers. did in fact like one of our tweets. Yes. So yeah, make sure every tweet that you see from us, click on those likes. Like, not you can like it if you want, but I'm saying look at the likes, <laughs> like and you'll it. probably we would see you to like it here and there. You'll probably see a Titans player liking one of our tweets. Yeah, we have um, Monty Rice like a video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pettit, a, a guy that we talked about, maybe that you weren't impressed with, our old second round pick from North Dakota State. I want to hear what you think about. Dylan Radens. Dylan Radens. Oh, not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> we we're gonna have to talk about this. He um, in the Bucks game. If anybody was watching, I mean, he was an absolute cone. I mean, he was just getting <laughs> run over. <laughs> and it was, was by getting, the Bucks first round pick. I don't care who on. it's by. I <laughs> I really don't care. There was one play where the the guy did the swim move on him. He just. I mean, he didn't even get a finger on him, and then almost hurt Woodside. And then the very next play, it's like, okay, that was bad. Let's keep an eye on him. Let's watch how he does the next play. Got absolute pancaked. At reverse I, pancaked. I mean, I've never seen a dude fall on his butt faster than him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so yeah, we made a little Instagram post um, about who you thought was the least impressive player after the Bucks game. And it was Dylan Radon's, R. Radon's. Ray Duns and Dylan. <laughs> Pettit is not impressed. I also, I if if you do remember, we recapped the draft picks uh, uh, like a few months ago, and I talked about Dylan Radens, and I did make a prediction that he would start at right tackle game one. Don't know if that'll happen, but I also I don't know said if he'll get any playing time. I also said that like if he's not st- a starter by the end of the year, I said that he was a bust. So I don't know if that's harsh on my end, but I got some expectations for him. Well, let's let's keep all of this in context, okay? Um, I'm with you. He looks terrible, but I'm gonna take you back three years to 2019 to the preseason when we watched Nate Davis get spun around like a top out there. I don't know if he looked quite as bad as Dylan Radens, but he didn't look good. And I wasn't excited about him starting as a right guard. It took him about six or seven games before he really became anything that we could rely on. And that's kind of when Derrick Henry started taking off. Remember those first – Oh, yeah. The first half of that 2019 season, we did not we, – we led the league in sacks in terms of giving up sacks. Mariota was getting – Four, sacked four times a game. He also was t- – he would always hold on to the ball, too. Yeah. It didn't help. But Dylan, but Nate Davis got crushed by Clias Campbell and, where and did, J.J. Watt. Where did Nate Davis go to college? Charlotte. Okay, so, so a smaller small school, school kind of yeah. like North Dakota State. So, so it Adjusting takes, to the NFL. Yeah, it takes offensive linemen – it takes rookie offensive linemen time to adjust. And all I'm saying is let's not, you know, throw in the towel on, on him this, this early. 
Yeah. I, I'm the same way with Des Fitzpatrick, right? There's a ton of heat on Des Fitzpatrick dropping a lot of passes, doesn't look inspired, doesn't look interested. But a lot of these guys, as rookies, I mean, it takes them a while to adjust to the speed of the NFL. So I'm not saying he's going to be an all-pro in a couple of years like Nate Davis, but he could still be a, a serviceable NFL offensive lineman for us. Yeah, uh, I hope you're you're right. But in comparison, you can also talk about a guy like Jack Conklin who came in at right tackle and immediately was all pro. So I think it goes both ways. I mean, yeah. it's definitely not a good sign to see your guy get lawn mowered. No, it's but not preferred. Yeah. And it, it was definitely. <laughs> I like, don't like to see my. I don't. My I don't root for that to happen. <laughs> it was a good point that Ped made too. I was saying, you know, in his defense, that's the Bucks' first round J- defensive end, Joe Tryon, and then Pettit's. He he said back to me, he was like, "Yeah, but if he's going to be our right tackle, he's going to face guys like T.J. Watt or yeah, like other studs." So, um, well, Kendall Lamb is back. He's back yep. in camp. Um, Saw him be interviewed. Apparently, he hurt his elbow last year in the playoffs, and he's been out for a week or two. He just he just tweaked his injury from last year a little bit. So I think that they're not worried about him missing games. Yeah, he's wearing a brace on it now. So he, he's probably gonna be our right tackle, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So I think he'll probably start as our right tackle, and they'll carry they'll carry Raiden's certainly on the active roster, maybe. I'm hoping I'm holding out hope that Raidens can be our swing tackle. Yeah. But remember, Raidens has played one football game in the last is it two years? Yeah, a couple years, yeah. Because North Dakota State season that's got canceled because of COVID. That's definitely another another thing to it. So I mean we might be being too hard on him, but for me the thing was like he was our second round pick. And I remember I discussed at the time we didn't have Julio yet. I wanted a receiver, I wanted you know, there were other things that I thought I wanted, and I was just a little confused at the time by the pick because I thought it was almost chasing the Isaiah Wilson miss. The yeah. Before, so. Yeah. Would you rather have Dylan Radins and Julio or Terrace Marshall? Okay. Uh, <laughs> why not both? No. <laughs> I'd rather have Julio Jones and Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall looks good. Yeah. Um, so he, I think he was there. So I think we could have gotten yeah, at that point. Um, okay, a few other names. Rashad Weaver was everywhere against the Falcons. He's a beast. He is a beast. Let's you know we talked about his situation when he got drafted. Um, hopefully, you know that gets figured out and he's able to play some football. I think it's um, figured out. Really? Right? I mean, would I don't know? Would he be on the field if it? Well, they could wasn't? just be tabling it or something. I don't know. Well, I just, we haven't heard anything about it. Sounds like. One of those situations where we just, we might not hear anything, and then PK is going to follow up in like <laughs> six months, and he has the game of his life, and then the next day and something then, comes out. Yeah, something it's, comes out, and they're like, "Yeah, I did, I did it hundred dollars of community service, and we're good to go." I could be wrong, but didn't she not press charges? Didn't he just pay her off? Uh, I'm making that up. I don't know. I actually do not know much of an update there. So I have no update which maybe that's how is like, the update that yeah that's like, that's probably fact what that it we is. don't know um yeah and then another stud elijah molden Ooh. we didn't really see him in the falcons game no, we saw him he was in the hurt Bucks game. he didn't play in the falcons okay, yeah. game he didn't play nor did he, caleb farley he did yeah and caleb farley did play in the bucks game as well elijah Mold, caleb farley didn't he didn't flash and I'm. I don't think that he got thrown podcast, in his direction very much which is also a great sign there was one throw and scotty miller kind of beat him but it was an incomplete pass. So, 
But Elijah Molden is going to play valuable minutes for us this year. All right, I'm, I'm going to change my corner prediction after oh. watching the Bucks. Let's hear it. Game. I think uh, Jack Rabbit, Christian Fulton, and Elijah Molden start Game One. Pettit was our three say? quarters. That's that is oh, it's such a tough question. Um, Elijah Molden looked exceptional, especially in the, in the slot in the Bucks game. Like yeah, and blitzing. he. Blitzing, I mean, uh, he, he had, had, a he had like a highlight sack. reel that he had just from that game alone when he yeah. had that, went under like the offensive lineman to go. He said he like blacked out, didn't even realize what he was doing. <laughs> well, he just made a play. That's so. That's what you want, baby. Is it? Is it? Yeah, I don't. Do we want I like our my guys, guys to remember? Out did on we the see field? the play? Did you see the play? I like my guys to remember what look they're at, doing. Yeah, look yeah, at yeah. The I His them. blackout self is doing those kind of things. Absolutely. All right, come I on, Molden. Right, so you're saying if he doesn't blackout him, imagine how good he could be. Exactly. All right. Well, okay. yeah. It's <laughs> a weird, twisted way to look at it. <laughs> Spin zone. All right. Uh, it is really tough because he does look exceptional. Um, but I think in the hierarchy of it, it would be pretty tough to start him over a guy like Caleb Farley. I mean, you drafted Caleb Farley going, this is the guy. Yeah, but just because but if we you're going into week him. one, you might give Caleb Farley the first opportunity because of where you drafted him. So yeah. that's when it's like Elijah Molden might, when his opportunity might come in like week three or four to start. Or you motivate Caleb Farley even more and don't start him, and then he comes in and balls Absolutely. out. I mean, I, I could be wrong. It, right now, we're in a great situation where four guys all look pretty good. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm saying on. that. Let me, put, let me push back on that. Just Christian Fulton and Jackrabbit are for sure the outside. Is what I'm saying. I don't think Caleb Farley's taken. Yeah, one of has spots. has Caleb Farley done anything that we would have seen that we're like, oh yeah, he's good at football. Like hey. I'm serious. Have has other than hey, like, even his college highlights? Other than what? Other than his college highlights, you're saying you're seeing plays from college and wondering if he's good at football. I mean, he's decent. I'm just saying, all of the hype from Caleb Farley is coming from beat writers and his athletic numbers. Would you trust Daniel Jeremiah, the draft prospect? Listen, evaluator? I know these guys. They know he what said they're he doing. was like a top five pick. I get that. I'm just saying, from what I've seen on the field with my eyeballs, Elijah Molden looks a whole lot better than Caleb Farley. That's fair. What well, Caleb Farley has not played corner as long. He has. Uh, been out of the game for the last year. He's had back injury. There are a lot of things going Elijah Molden's way that's not going Caleb Farley's way. And I think your logic about the Dylan Raidens thing, we got to let that apply here with Caleb Farley. Okay, too. that's totally and we, fine and acceptable. I just, you know, I see. I see what you're saying because I'm very much on the the side of I'm being biased because I love the Caleb Farley pick, and that's well documented. <laughs> And uh, and I don't love it as much. And yes, that's well documented. and I definitely there have been time the Bucks game. I was looking and I was like, he didn't look super with it out there, and it's a little concerning. But no, no, it's Caleb Farley, dude. No, we're good. So I, I just I, think I, if I he's if he's the quote unquote best corner in the draft, that only fell to us because of injury issues, and he's not injured now. He should be impressing me more. Yeah, than he's. That, I mean, that's me. fair, but it is still you know he hadn't played in a couple years. Also, let it I'm be noted, he just got off the, the pub list about a week prior to that Bucks game. Yeah. And I'll say it again, man. I prefer my corners to have healthy backs. <laughs> hey, I, he, might, he, he might not start. He, you might be right. He might not start week one because, I mean, Elijah Moulton looks exceptional. And Christian Fulton looks pretty solid, too. Yeah. So he might and not I thought start. For a long I think time, it's kind of up in the air. I thought for a long time that Christian Fulton was going to be that slot guy. 
but I it looks too. like he's an outside corner. I'm just happy I'm not the one making the decision. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Another tough decision, and we're gonna kind of um, in the uh, little in the preseason what stood out to us on this some receiver news. I mean, the receiver battle since the last time we talked, it's heating up. It'd be like, oh, we we figured it out by now. Absolutely not. It's even more dramatic. We have no idea who's going to make this roster. Just a few things to note. Chester Rogers looks solid as the returner. That so man's I making think the he's, team. He's I think he locked that in. Team. Yeah. Uh, Cam Batson and Des Fitzpatrick caught touchdowns in the games, but like I don't know. Neither if, of them were very impressive touchdowns. Yeah. Um, Mason Kinsey has been – he's looked like – what we wanted Adam Humphreys to look like out there. I know it's the preseason, but like he's been, you know, a reliable third down option. He's made some solid catches. Mason Kinsey is adding on to the, you know, tough receiver competition. Racy McMath, I don't even know if he's gotten snaps at receiver. He might have been the Falcons game, but Buccaneers game. I mean, if he makes the team, it's strictly because of uh, special teams. And then Marcus Johnson. I don't know if Marcus Johnson's even been playing because I think that he's so locked in on the team that they don't want to play him. I, I think Marcus Johnson and so Chester Rogers, if for people that don't know, is looks like a incredible return man, both kick kickoff and punt, looks and great. W- especially with Darrington Evans potentially being hurt mm-hmm. a lot throughout the season, who was supposed to be the kickoff return guy. Yep. Chester Rogers looks like a guy that could fill that spot. And he's definitely looking like the punt return guy. Every single every single time he touches the ball on a punt return, it's like I could go for fifty yards. Like, he had one against the Falcons. It was sweet. And he had one against the Bucks too. So yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, that was yeah. Uh, definitely I very promising. I think he solidified that. Definitely better than Adoree Jackson. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> did you but, see Adoree Jackson got hurt? I did last week. I no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah he's I, out for the for week I think one. He, I think he hurt his ankle. Wow. Also, yeah. I was watching Christian Caffrey highlights in preparation for my fantasy drafts. Um, just because sometimes when I think I'm going to get a player, I just go watch their highlights so I can <laughs> force feed hype to myself. <laughs> and there was a play that Adoree Jackson tracked down Christian McCaffrey at like the six yard line and jumped on his back. And Christian McCaffrey just drug him into the end zone. And then like Adoree Jackson swung his legs around and McCaffrey's knee came down on his thigh and and they slid into the end zone. And I was like, is that not the most classic Adore Jackson play where he's fast enough to get there and then somehow he figures out how to enable the running back to get into the end zone by his knee landing <laughs> on his thigh? This is a fantastic story. <laughs> like, I was like, he just was always so hyped up and then would figure out a way to just screw it up. I was watching Devontae Adams' highlights the same day for the same reason. Man, Robert's going for some heavy hitters in fantasy. <laughs> And there was a six-yard screen on the goal line, and Adore Jackson just like put his head down, and oh, Devontae I that. just stiff-armed him into the ground Yikes. and walked into the end zone. Yikes. Okay, so back to All the right. receiver. So thank <laughs> God we don't have a Dory Jackson we anymore. We don't want to be a, a Dory Jackson hater podcast too much. Maybe we do. Maybe no, we do. Let's let's move on. Hey, we're we're talking about Titans. Titans receivers. I got something for yeah. you here. All right. Can we all agree? AJ Julio, Josh Reynolds. Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson are making the roster. Yeah. And speaking of Josh Reynolds, I, I think, think we haven't seen I mean the He few, played he we, played some of the Bucks game. Josh I Reynolds. didn't even notice. Yeah. Um, but he's been a he's, little hurt, right? He has been a little hurt apparently. I think he also might be a guy that we should lower our, our expectations on. I think when we first got him I was pretty excited about, but I think yeah. we might need to give him week five, week six. I think he could start 
I think he could really have a good end of this season. Well, I think, too, the Once Josh Reynolds hype was definitely skewed for us because we were thinking he was going to be that wide receiver two option. So we really, really yeah. wanted to buy into him. So we were, we were like, desperate to buy into him. Yeah, and now that we have Julio, we're like, I mean. I still think he it, could have a great, I think he might have a pretty bad first half of the season, but I think second half of the season he could be get five, 600 yards. I mean, I that think, could be a yeah. bold take, but he could I, be in that range. I, I'm, I'm of Don't the, put it on the hot board. I'm of the impression <laughs> that I think – I think we're going to throw the ball to two receivers, AJ and Julio. I think they're each, take. I think they're going to get like 25 to 28% of the targets each, which is a huge target share. Yeah. Um so I don't know if there's a whole lot of balls to go around for Josh Reynolds and Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson. So we could Well, hey, you think Marcus Johnson's going to get over 10 catches? I don't know, man. I think we're going to force feed Julio and AJ. Josh Reynolds seems more like an insurance guy to me. I see us coming out in probably a lot of two wide receiver sets. Yeah. Because um, that's kind of well, maybe the bread even and two wide receivers offense. and Berkshire's out in the slot or something. Yeah. And um, you got to think like Julio's used to getting 150 to 160 targets a year, and there's not 160 targets out there for our wide receiver two if we do the same thing that we did last year. When with Corey Davis as our wide receiver too, so yeah. that's just an interesting thing to think about. I don't even know if Josh Reynolds and Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson are going to have a lot of balls thrown their way anyway. However, if we assume that those five are making the roster, I'll say them again: AJ, Julio, Josh Reynolds, Chester Rogers for punt returner, and Marcus Johnson, just because we feel like he's kind of cemented himself with that first group. He's not taking a lot of uh, reps, which kind of indicates in the preseason that the coaches really like you and they don't want you to get hurt. And his practice highlights are like the things he's doing in practice. Tannehill's the one throwing to him. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like he's with the yeah, he, team. Yeah, he's not he's he's with the first team and he's not getting reps. Yeah. If you're with the third team and you're not getting reps, that's means, math. Yeah, that means they don't like you and they don't want to watch your tape. <laughs> but if you're with the first team and you're not getting reps, that typically means they're trying to keep you healthy for the season. So Okay, so how many more receivers? So let's say there's two receivers so I said spots. it in the last episode. We might keep we seven. Keep, we keep six or seven, I think. Yeah. May, let's let's say this. Pick one of Mason Kinsey, Nick Westbrook, Akeen, Racy McMath, and Des Fitzpatrick to make the to make the roster. Let's say we only keep six. Gosh. Who are you keeping? Such a toss. I mean, I've heard that that Westbrook Akeen has still been solid. So I almost want to say him as like the the you know, the answer to go, like the right answer. But out of those four names, I think I want Mason Kinsey. That it? It's such a tough question because it's like with Nick or Nick Westbrook, Akeen, he's one of those guys that you kind of already know what you're going to get from him. I mean, we had him for a year already. Um, and you kind of want to hope that maybe these other guys is kind of like a shot in the dark. Like maybe they'll pan out to be some legend, which is also very unlikely. Yeah. Um, so, but I think Westbrook Akeen does have the advantage of being on the team last year. So I'm going to go with him. I think he knows the playbook and I think the coaches probably already like him enough. Okay. I, we're all three split here. I don't necessarily, I know you're going to want say. us to do this, but I think based on the way the NFL is set up, we will do this. I think we'll keep Des Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Because I don't think we want to expose him to waivers. I think we could probably – I think Racy McMath, 
Nick Westbrook, Akeen, and Mason Kinsey could all theoretically make the practice squad. Dude, I don't know. I, you could see some teams that Picking up take a chance. Or, yeah. or Westbrook, Akeena, too, because he's had I that experience. Rather, I'm not that high on Westbrook. And a special team. He's a special teams guy, too. Nick Especially. Westbrook? Yeah. So can Mason Kinsey play special teams other than I punt returner? I'm not sure. Um, see, that's what's really hurting him. Yeah. I love Mason Kinsey. I wish you almost think like Chester Rogers is the Mason Kinsey role. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I want. I kind of want Mason Kinsey to make the team just because he's like that feel good story. He's balling out. But I, what I want and what I think is going to happen are two different things. I think we're going to keep Des Fitzpatrick because we don't want to expose him to waivers and we want to work with him. You know, he's a fourth, fifth round pick. So you, you know, yeah, fourth round. You don't part with those guys. Yeah. Unless they're just big busts. And just a little discussion on Des Fitzpatrick, too. I know I talked about him in the draft episode as well. I was a little confused why we traded up for him. I was saying things like it sounds like he's just going to be that kind of guy that's just a pro, comes in, does his work. He kind of – I feel like he might have had a little confidence issue as in practice, you know, more and more stuff started totally. happening that was, you know, bad for him. And then all of a sudden he scores that touchdown in the Bucks game – You've been hearing this week that he's been doing well overall yeah. in practice. Yeah. So maybe it's something that turns him around. Maybe that's the flash that we wanted to see to be able to actually, you know, take a chance on him and keep him. Because I think potentially out of the four guys you just said, Mason Kinsey, Westbrook Aquina, Racy McMath, and Des Fitzpatrick, to me, honestly, like I know there's a lot, the receiver position overall in the NFL is deep, but. I think Razor McMath is like the only one that we would actually be able to keep on the practice squad. Might be right. But or the fact that West Virginia, like Pettit said, you know what you're getting with him, so people don't take chances on him. Here's some next level strategy oh, if gosh. we're putting our heads if we're putting ourselves in John Robinson's shoes. So Racy McMath didn't get any snaps on offense against the Bucks. What if we are keeping him off the field? Because we really want to keep him on the practice squad. Wow. And he's better than. Because we know we don't have room for him. And but he's better than AJ and Julio combined. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, what if John Robinson is saying, I'm going to make sure these other NFL teams don't see film on how good he is? I honestly, well. And I'm going to get him on the practice squad. His potential, not yeah. how good he is. Yeah, yeah. But even like, or how good he maybe is. he's good enough to make, I don't know, the Eagles as a sixth wide receiver or a fifth wide receiver. And if they saw film on him, then they would pick him up when we dropped him. That's a good him. point. And so he's he's keeping him. I mean, kind of a dirty move to do the race McMath, but for a <laughs> Titans fan, that's kind of next-level strategy that well, we could be Well, maybe Racy's fine with it. Maybe I, he's fine with that. Yeah, maybe Racy prefers to live in Nashville over Philadelphia. I, uh, I personally really don't think that's the case. <laughs> I could see. I'm on the other side. I could see that actually being the case. I mean, knowing John Robinson, next level strategy right there. I I think, I think there's a lot of players that are very similar skill level as a Racy McMath. That you could be saying the same thing about another team's wide receiver core that might be getting cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's probably a ton of guys out there that you're just assuming we have the best wide receivers, and then there's no other guys on any other team that maybe we want to pick up. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's a shot in the dark. I'm just. I'm just saying for a for a six. I like round, the thought. Rabel is the guy that could do some trickery yeah. for a six round rookie that AJ Brown compared to Julio Jones after two days of training camp. 
It's kind of weird for him not to get any reps. He did say that. We did say that. And he's really fast. And all the reports at a camp were that he was doing really, really well early on. That's and just loves him too. We heard nothing. From Interesting him. point. Interesting point. All right. Well, um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up with that. The receiver position. It's going to be interesting. That's going to be something fun to watch and to see. I'm going to put some on the hot board here. You ready? Let's hear it. You ready for this? Chester Rogers this year has two punt returns slash kick returns this year. Maybe You know what? This is, a hot, this is the hot board. This, we're going to say three. He has three touchdowns. touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Wait, each or combined? That's, combined. Combined. That's half as much as Devin Hester's NFL wait, record. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Two. Two is hot board enough. I think one's, one's pretty hot board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going two. We're saying two. Chester um, Rogers will have two. I will hold you to that. It's, it's also being recorded. Yeah. So I think anyone listening to this message, the fans <laughs> will hold you to I that. I mean, I said that A.J. Brown will have 16, 1,700 yards. What, what do you do, want from me, Pettit? I'm making a hot board here. It's a lot Let's of yards. go, baby. Which players are not going to be good on the Titans, JG? JG's mind is like every player. Bracey McMath. Setting records, baby. I will say that. We have four days until cut day. Cut day for the NFL is August 31st. Um, so a lot of these answers will be answered in yeah, four Ch- days. What if Chester Rogers doesn't even make the team? <laughs> or Marcus Johnson. <laughs> yeah, or Marcus Johnson. So we shall see, but... Y'all. Tomorrow night we get to watch Titans play the Bears and Justin Fields confirmed playing one half. So I'm excited about it. And here's a little uh, nugget for you fantasy players out there. Speaking oh. of Justin Fields, um, draft him first round. Most <laughs> well, if you get if a quarterback, Especially if you're in my league, if a quarter if a team trades up to draft a quarterback or drafts a quarterback before pick 15. It's like a ninety-six to ninety-seven percent chance that they start that quarterback by week four. Wow! So I could definitely see it for those of you so who, who don't who think Andy Dalton's going to ride it out with the Bears. You're probably wrong, based on historical precedence. So there we Good go. There's a little fantasy nugget for you, and y'all, football's about to start. We're close. What do we think of real quick? I know we're about to close it out. What do we think of Corey? The hype coming out of Jets camp. I, I want to say one. I'm happy for him. He's, I love it. He's getting at least, he's breaking a thousand yards, guaranteed. Put it on there. Wow. Wow. There's Pettit's hot board. Pettit, I don't just even make think a that's hot that board hot. of former Titans. That is, uh, that is a 12th round pick in fantasy draft. Maybe, maybe that's the next episode. Receiver, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's a, Pettit's going to, Pettit's going to make his own hot board of former Titans and how they're going to do this year. I, yeah. How's John going to do this year? I'll make some predictions. Huh? How's John going to do this year? 2,000 yards? <laughs> Three. Uh, <laughs> 800 receiving yards, 300 rushing yards. <laughs> I don't think he's going to do exceptional. He's I got you. He just got I think he'll do ankle. pretty mediocre. I, I went we'll, and draft him in fantasy for over a lot of other guys. We'll get there. We'll get to, we'll get to the rest of them, but I like that. Pettit, you're going to former Titans, you're going to show some former Titans some love. We'll give uh, some fans something to look forward to next episode. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh y'all put on your football <laughs> pants, baby. <laughs> put those we're, on. Ah, we're, we're starting up, baby. We thank y'all Boys for joining us. We thank y'all so much hey. for joining us. I'm JG. Real quick before I sign <laughs> off. <laughs> Big game tonight on 23-23 Old Hickory Boulevard. No, no. CBA Lions big versus the Brentwood Academy Eagles. Just not a very big game. It's a huge game. And uh, for all you Big Red fans out there, I just want you to tune into this game. 
JG especially, watch what's coming for you in two weeks. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. All right, we're Whatever. signing off. I'm Pettit. I'm JG. Go Lions. We thank y'all. My mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't.